Welcome to the teaching ministry of Steve Franklin. Steve's calling is to coach champions in the kingdom of God. Our prayer for you as you listen to this word of encouragement and instruction is that you'll be built up in your faith and encouraged to take the next step in your development as one of God's true champions. Here's Steve. Turn with me, if you will, to 1 Corinthians chapter 14. We're in session 5 in our study of spiritual gifts. We studied in Romans 12 that there are motivation gifts. That is, you not only have physical DNA by physical birth, you have spiritual DNA by spiritual birth. That is, the Spirit of God ministers to you and through you in a way that is unique. Yes, I know that the Spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God, sons and daughters. But how many of you know you don't have a son or a daughter in the natural just the same? They're all unique. And although we are all, when we're born again, we're part of God's family, our spiritual wiring is different. And one of the ways that that manifests itself is through the differing of the gifts. And our Father has given us certain motivation gifts. We studied in Romans 12, like uh, prophecy, teaching, mercy, giving, exhortation, um, helps, ministry. We also found in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 that there are gifts of the Spirit. We don't call those motivation gifts. We call them ministry gifts, that is... He does them as He wills. Uh, verse 11 and 12 of chapter 12, we studied telling us that the, the Lord ministers and distributes these gifts as He wills. Nobody owns these gifts. Our job is to desire, to pray for, to receive, and to operate in the gifts that God gives us. We see over there in uh, verse 12, 29 and following, are all apostles, are all prophets, and of course the answer is certainly not, are all teachers, certainly not, are all workers of miracles, certainly not, do all have gifts of healings, certainly not, do all speak with tongues, certainly not, do all interpret, certainly not, desire the best gifts, and yet something that is higher than the gifts, and that's the love of God. I mean, you can have the greatest, most powerful gifts there are, but God says, if you're not walking in love, it profits you nothing. Amen. The love of God trumps the gifts of God. But he says there in chapter 14, verse 1, and by way briefly of review, pursue love and desire spiritual gifts. And this is the answer to those who believe that none of these spiritual get that some of these spiritual gifts passed away with the closing of the of the canon of scripture at the end of the first century, and uh, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense because in uh, chapter fourteen verse one it says that we're to pursue love but to still desire spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. That is 
that you will hear what God is saying and be willing to speak it for the benefit of someone else. Remember, the purpose of the gifts are to glorify the giver and to minister to the body. To glorify the giver and to minister to the body. They're not all the same. And nobody has them all. But we're to discover what it is that the Lord desires to do because the purpose of that gift glorifies God and ministers to the body. And without everybody operating in their own gifts, the body is not fully functional and healthy. We studied last time. Uh, we got to, um, in, chapter, in chapter 12, we, we got to the work of, well, I told you I was going to skip prophecy and come back to it today. We talked about um, tongues and interpretation of tongues. And um, there is, on the outline, a, a, a carefully devised scripture-by-scripture scripture, uh, treatment of tongues. What is tongues? It's spiritual language. It's not some... Uh, weird gibberish. It's not psychobabble. It doesn't arise out of the mind. Um, notice what Paul says there in, cha in chapter 14, verse 13. Let him who speaks in a tongue pray that he may interpret. For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. We talked about last time at length, and I'm just going to hit the high points because last week we went through very, very intricately the gift of tongues, what it is, what it isn't, how it's to be used. Always remember this, and this has caused a lot of confusion to people. There are two ways that tongues operates. Number one is the manifestation of spiritual language in private prayer. It is the edification of the believer. You say, well, pastor, how does that bring glory to God if it edifies the believer? You don't like it when your children get built up and strengthened and do well? Doesn't that bless you? I want to tell you, your father is blessed when you're strengthened, when you're built up and encouraged. Amen. He's a good God. He loves you with all his heart. Spiritual language does not originate from us, it originates from the one who gives it, the, the Holy Spirit himself. Jesus made it clear in his teaching about the Holy Spirit that he will teach and guide and he will speak. The Holy Spirit has not lost his voice. He speaks. And where does he live in the life of you, the believer? In you. So what we, what we are teaching here is that the language of the Holy Spirit, is it arises from that reborn spirit of yours where He came to live when you received Jesus as your Savior and Lord. The Holy Spirit speaks sometimes in words and syllables that 
do not originate from the human mind, the human brain. It comes out of the Spirit. And that language is something that we ought to ask the Lord, how do you choose for this to be manifested? And the manifestation of spiritual language is, notice what Paul says, look look down there in verse uh, 18, please. I thank my God, I speak with tongues, spiritual language, more than you all. Yet, in the church, in the assembled gathering of the church, I would rather speak five words with my understanding that I may teach others than 10,000 words in a tongue that nobody else understands. So, what we understand is that there is a manifestation of spiritual language in prayer. And then, last week, we went all through it. There are guidelines for the public gift. There's a difference in the manifestation of tongues and the gift of tongues. And a lot of people have gotten all confused about that, and they, they believe that any time there's any expression that it can't be legitimate unless there's some kind of uh, formal interpretation. Understand this, that, and, and we looked at it last time, uh, in verse 27 and 28, there are guidelines like no more than two or three in a public service of worship in the assembled church, and each one has to have an interpretation. Interpretation is not translation. Translation that we study in school is a word-by-word identity of a language that is, is, is spelled out for us in a book or in speech or whatever. And interpretation in the spirit realm is it is the declaration of the content. It is an explanation of what that language that is not uh, uh, understandable to the human mind, it is a, an interpretation of the content of what that means. And so the, the Word tells us that when there is a, a, a gift of tongues in operation, let it be by no more than two or three, and let every one of those be interpreted. Notice uh, we find out that in verse 27, somebody can interpret it, and then we, we go back in the early uh, verses and we see that the speaker himself, ideally, should interpret the message. So either way, there has to be an interpretation. Well, Pastor, what happens if there's the gift manifestation of a public word in tongues, but there is not an interpretation? What's the deal with that? Um... Number one, we don't always know, but it could be that somebody didn't obey the Lord and speak the interpretation. It could be that it was given, but it was not expressed. It could be that somebody, it could be that somebody uh, missed the Lord. But um, I want to tell you, I'm not nearly as concerned about that as I am for, you know, those of us who have Uh, been in spirit-filled congregations before, uh, sometimes we've seen some things that are out out of order. I've been in um, 
services before where uh, the minister was trying to minister or the worship was trying to proceed. There was some spiritual leadership going on and somebody would just blurt out a message in, an, uh, in a message that uh, they would ascribe to be tongues. Remember what the last verse, verse 40 of chapter 14 says, let all things be done decently in order. And a lot of the same people who have done that say, I can't help it. I have to blurt it out when it comes because God gave it to me and I'm going to give it. Well, the same God who gives the gifts also gives the fruits of the Spirit, and one of those is self-control. So you can control yourself and keep yourself in order. Don't let me have to help you understand that. It's all right. What I'm trying to tell you is... uh, my bishop, my covering, my pastor and I have talked about all these things uh, a lot. We go on trips together and we have meals together and I can call him and we can talk about stuff. What a blessing. Dr. Culpepper is one, in my opinion, of the top five preachers in America. And how blessed am I to have the relationship that we have. But don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. There is a legitimate gift here. And just, all of us tend to shy away from what we don't understand. Just because you don't understand it, don't disregard it as being true. Ask the Lord to give you understanding. And so there is a language in the Spirit that sometimes in the congregation is in order to be spoken. The Lord wants to say something as long as it's interpreted. And by the way, can I say this? Um, If the Lord has used you before in the assembly of believers, uh, and He has used you before in a, a message in tongues or the interpretation of it, let me know. It would be helpful uh, to me to know that. You say, well, Pastor, how do you know that that message is even accurate? Does it, does it correspond to the Word of God? Does it correspond to this written Word right here? Can I tell you something? The Holy Spirit inspired and oversaw this book, and He don't ever speak anything that's out of line with this book. He didn't didn't contradict himself. We have uh, had legitimate uh, message in tongues over the years. Not very often, but occasionally. The Lord has spoken to Miss Mary Ward. Oh, I love her. How I miss she and Mr. Tommy. You tell them I said that. How I loved them. And the Lord has legitimately spoken to us through the words and interpretations that 
he has given her. Um, so what I'm trying to tell you is there's a manifestation. You say, well, Pastor, again, what's the purpose of, the, of a, a private language of prayer? It is edification. Jude 20 says, pray at all times in the Spirit, building yourself up in your most holy faith. What does that mean? What happens, what, what if I desire that I want greater intimacy with Jesus, and what if I desire, if there's a language in my spirit, man, that can be used in private for uh, the edification, for the Lord to speak certain things to me, things that I need to know, how do I go about that? Beware of those who have classes and training in how to speak in tongues. Beware of those who say, well, just do what I do. Don't believe that nonsense. This is between you and the Spirit of God. I told the group on Wednesday, we had a lot of time for a little more extensive study. I told the group on Wednesday, you have no idea all the religious resistance that Dina and I had uh, to the language of the Spirit. Uh, our denomination didn't believe it even existed, certainly didn't practice or even talk about it. The seminary that I uh, attended uh, believed that it was a gift that was not in operation anymore. Uh, I um, taught in a, uh, for years in a uh, denomination that uh, eventually uh, decided that um, they probably didn't want my teaching anymore because I uh, was teaching about the, some things of the Spirit, and that's okay too. How many of you know sometimes if you get fired, it's the best thing ever happened to you? <laughs> See? Several of you can identify with that. It's time to move on sometime. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Well, and so um, Dina and I began, we had such desperate spiritual desire and need to know the Lord more intimately. And I kept praying, Lord, if there's something that I'm not uh, getting here, I, I ask you to reveal it to me. Uh, can I tell you this about spiritual language in any of these gifts. If you don't want one of these gifts, don't, don't, don't sweat it, God's not gonna give it to you. If you don't want it, he's not gonna force it on you. So relax. But if there is a gift, and, and I said to the Lord, Lord, if there's something here that I am missing, um, I want you to help me to know this. And uh, I heard others testify that they were filled with the Holy Spirit and out came gushing a language they had never heard before and I, that was just foreign to me. Uh, I, I had all these intellectual, uh, highly established resistance to something like that. And so out of my fear of error and out of... Um, my training that resisted certain gifts that made me uncomfortable, I didn't seek 
anything until the Spirit told me, if it's something that I want you to have, why would you resist it? So I'm asking you, if it's something that the Lord would have you to have, why would you resist it? If it is something that gives Him glory and builds and edifies you, why would you resist it? But that's a question between you and the Lord. So I said to the Lord over and over, God, I, I, I desire anything that you have for me, and if, if spiritual language is real, and I've studied all this over and over and over again, but if it is real, it's never happened to me, uh, I, I ask you to reveal that to me. And um, I, I ask you, um, and the Holy Spirit stopped me. And he said, you need to understand something. Think about what I said in my word, Jesus said. If you have a good, loving father and you ask him for a piece of bread, is he going to give you a stone? If you go to your father and you ask for a fish, will he give you a snake? How much more will your loving Father give you the Holy Spirit? So the Lord said, part of your resistance here is you don't really trust me. Now try that one on. So somebody had to repent, right? Lord, I trust you. And so in my own private heart, if there is a language of the Spirit that would give a greater intimacy with, between you and me, how many of you know God don't give gifts to give you spiritual badges? There are no spiritual elites. You're a child of God. I said to the Lord, just, uh, you know, I believe and I ask you in faith that if this is of you and the Holy Spirit has a language in me, and the Lord said, well, you've got to use your voice. He's not going to force it on you. So very, very humbly and very, very simply, I just began to speak verbally words and syllables that I believed that were in my spirit man in faith after praying. And at first there, there were no more than two or three words. And little by little, more and more of that language began to be allowed in my spirit and released in my voice. And over the course of these years, I humbly say, that the manifestation of spiritual language is an amazing, wonderful, holy gift. And I give the Lord thanks and praise. To my knowledge, I have not had the gift. I've had the manifestation. I have not had the gift in public assembly at this point but the private manifestation of a spiritual language 
is a wonderful gift from the Lord. Steve Franklin Ministries, for many, many, many years, we have ministry partners all over, all over. And uh, I know many of you listening to me, this is quite a mystery to you. Just seek the Lord. And if that is a desire of your heart at the right time, in the right way, you can trust the Lord will do, will give you any gift that you desire that He desires you to have. And I'm talking about the manifestation, not the assembly gift. But they're both of the Lord. Does everybody understand that it's clear that there is a language of prayer that is private, privately manifested, and there is a gift that the Holy Spirit gives as He wills that must be interpreted in the assembly and in order? Everybody understand that? All right. Now let's go to this gift of prophecy and we'll close it up. In chapter 12, verse 10, we find out that prophecy is one of the gifts of the Spirit. And here in chapter 14, we see something beautiful because in the body of Christ now and in culture in general, um, prophecy and prophets are a kind of a in thing, uh, or at least uh, on a lot of people's minds. Let's take a look here. Desire earnestly that you may prophesy. That is, what is prophecy? It is the special ability to hear what God is saying and to release it to the right person at the right time in the right way for the right motives. To hear a special word from the Lord and release it to the right person at the right time in the right manner for the right motives. The word says, He who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men but to God, but no one understands him. However, in the spirit, he speaks mysteries, but he who prophesies, he who speaks what God says at the right time, in the right way, to the right person for the right reason, speaks, watch this, here is what the manifestation of the prophetic gift does. Speaks edification. Y'all know what edification is? It's affirmation. It's building up. It's critically needed in our world. The building up, the, 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 <coughs> the affirming of your value. So prophecy affirms value. And... Exhortation. What is exhortation? Think of these two ways. I like to say it like this. Exhortation means to call up. I'm going to call you up into your identity. I'm going to call you up into your ability. I'm going to call you up into how God sees you. I'm going to remind you of some things You need to hear. 
Jeff, you're the greatest keyboardist in the things of the Spirit I've ever been around. You're a minister, man. You're not a performer. And it shows. And you, Look, I've been around a while. You're the best I've ever seen at listening to the Spirit of God and not trying to entertain somebody, but to take somebody into the presence of God and worship. Isn't he amazing? That's calling Jeff up. Reminding him of who he is. It's, it's, it's affirmation. But I don't know anybody at your age who've gone through what you've gone through. You know, I've stood beside you at the casket of one of your children. You've lost two of them. Your wife was killed viciously in a wreck and had to cut you out. You've gone through cancerous things. You've gone through all kinds of heartache. And you're one of the most faithful guys I've ever seen. What you have been through and the strength that you exhibit to this congregation, it's amazing. If you're ever having a bad day and you're feeling sorry for yourself, call Bud. I could go on and on and on and on and on, but here's what I'm trying to tell you. What prophecy does is it, it calls you up into something God wants to say about you. Even the discipline of the Lord's not beating you up. Whom the Lord loves, He disciplines, He corrects, He shows you a better way. And part of exhortation is not only calling you up, it's calling you out. You know, the best way to call somebody out that you love is not to say, how in the world could you do that? You're a low life. What are you thinking? What? The best way to call somebody out is to say, you know what? You and I both know you're better than that. You're better than that. Before I really began to understand how God chose to see me and receive the gift of righteousness, I would just allow the enemy to just beat me up and condemn me all that until I learned that the voice of the Lord was not to beat me up, it was to call me out. You're better than that. Why are you acting like somebody you're not? Why are you talking like somebody you're not? told you, you're my righteousness, you're my son, you're going to spend eternity with me, and you're acting like somebody you're not. That's correction. Amen. Part of exhortation, to get called up and to get called out. And they're both good. Part of what prophecy does is call us up, call us out, to edify us, to affirm us, and to comfort us. To comfort us. You know what Jesus 
is the comforter. We all do our best when people need comfort, but only the Spirit of God can truly comfort you in the depths of your being. He can comfort you. And you know what His comfort does? It gives you, it gives you security that He's got you, that you're His, and regardless of what you see and feel, He's got you, but He's, he's with you, and He's not going to leave you nor desert you. Some of us in this room have been through stuff that is so long and so deep and so painful. We've got a deep bruise on our soul, but we do know that there is a comfort in the Lord because He's gotten us up every morning after we didn't think we could go another day. The comfort of the Lord. Amen? Amen. Prophecy is not spiritual fortune-telling. It's not having somebody tell you all the stuff that's going to happen in the future. At the heart of a prophetic gift, of the, if it's genuine of the Holy Spirit, is edification, exhortation, and comfort. Well, Pastor, I saw this guy on TV, and does it have edification, exhortation, and comfort in it? Can God use people like He did in the Old Testament? Of course. Can that gift have warnings involved in it? I, next week, I'm going to tell you, we're going into the last part of gifts, and that is the office gifts. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. You can have the gift of prophecy without walking in the office of prophecy. Some people have pastoral gifts, but they don't, they don't walk in the office of pastor. Well, what's the difference? The office gifts have to do with a life calling. And... The vast minority of believers have a life calling to operate in office gifts. But you can have the, the gifting without operating in the office. Uh, and we'll go into further about life calling. There's a lot of questions that are coming my way these days about... Well, I see where people are talking about a new, um, a new order, a new season of uh, apostolic, uh, prophetic, uh, this, that, and the other. We'll, we'll give some insight on that uh, next week. The word... The key is to always operate in the balance of the Word of God and not be led astray by every wind of doctrine that comes along. 
Jesus himself said, Beware of those who prophesy in my name. Just because those, there are those who use the Lord's name to make prophecies or to establish themselves as some kind of rock star in the kingdom of God. Can I tell you something? There ain't no rock stars in the kingdom of God. We're sons, daughters, and servants. And that's the highest place there is. And I will say this in closing, as it come, becomes of prophets, those who call themselves apostles, this, that, and the other, and we'll, we'll, we'll talk about the difference between gifting and office. Beware of anybody who is self-appointed. You can go online now and get yourself an online digital identity and call yourself anything you want, and there'll be people who will listen to you and believe you. Don't fall for that. Nobody legitimate is self-appointed. If someone is truly called and gifted by God, they don't appoint themselves. God makes it clear, not just to them, but he makes it clear to other men and women of the choices that he's made. Through gifting, through integrity, through counsel, through covering, through accountability. And those who are legitimate are not afraid of that. These gifts... The gifts are legit. And don't let how somebody may have used them illegitimately turn you off to seeking the Lord and all He wants to do for you and in you. I've listed on the back of your outline something that I listed several weeks ago, guardrails for the prophetic gift, tests for trusting prophecy, and also there's out there a sheet that went through all the scriptural uh, verses, etc., about the gift of tongues, the, the manifestation of tongues. Well, my job is to equip you to teach you in the things of the Lord. And it's your job to pursue the giver of the gifts. It is my desire that the gifts of the Spirit of God freely operate in this church. It, that is my desire. Those that are legitimately given, we welcome and we give glory to the giver. Amen? Let's all stand. Would you do something right now? Would you ask the Lord to make it clear to you His presence, His love for you. And would you just say to the Lord, 
Jesus, forgive me for not pursuing you with all my heart. And Lord, if there's something out of your love that you want to bless me with, I'll receive it. I trust you. Even when I don't understand, I trust you, my Father. And I know that when I ask you, Father, for a good gift, you would never give me a stone or a serpent. But out of your love, you'll give me more manifestation, more gifting of your Spirit. So Lord, would you take your word for that which is not understandable, would you make it understanding into the lives of these hearers? Bless them, Lord. We praise you and thank you for this faith family. Thank you for the love that trumps everything, the love of God. We ask you for unity that comes out of that love as never before. We ask you for a spirit of encouragement, of faith that will give you glory. Thank you for all the wonderful things we've seen you do and are seeing you do. Now before we close, I want to, um, I don't know if Jean's out there and she can hear me. Pastor Jeremiah and Pastor Gene are going to be in Dallas this week, right? Come on on up here. They're going to be out in in Dallas this week, in fact, Thursday and Friday. Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. My understanding is, from what Gene sent me, that y'all are going to be with one of my top preachers, Dr. Tony Evans. Is that right? some other great ones church I want you to know that a lot of what you're investing in through these two is bearing incredible fruit all over this nation they're going to be out there in this incredible grandparents conference teaching leading, exhorting grandparents in how to minister to their grandchildren. And there's a way you can access that online. Isn't that right, Gene? And uh, we weren't able to get the, the thing up on the screen, but how would we access that? Mountain Brook Community. There on 280. Wonderful church. Wonderful, wonderful. Stretch out your hand and pray with me. I want you to pray right now for a special anointing. I want you to ask the Lord to give them safety and protection in travel and flight, in accommodations, and that there would be a mighty spirit 
of wisdom and exhortation that will rest on Jeremiah and Jean. How grateful we are, Lord, that you've risen Jeremiah and Jean up in our midst and that you've connected them to this body right here. That they've submitted to your covering and your teamwork. Thank you, God, they're part of this family. So, Lord, right now, in the name of Jesus, I ask you to give them a special anointing of wisdom. Mighty God, I pray that you would speak through them the very oracles of God. Take over their mind, their tongue. Give them traveling mercies, God. Show them special grace. We declare that every every spirit of disruption is bound in the name of Jesus. We dismiss every spirit of disruption on this conference and on these people. Put them in your grip, Lord. Hallelujah. Keep them in your grip, Lord. Use them mightily to bring edification, exhortation, and comfort to those to whom they speak. We bless them now. We believe heaven is watching. We're blessing them now, Father, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Go with God. He's going with you. You can access more of Steve Franklin's teachings online at www.sfmin.com.